Hello and welcome to Film Companion. You've tuned in to an exciting new interview podcast with Anupama Chopra. To catch more of what we do, visit us on www.filmcompanion.in. I'm not taken seriously as a filmmaker and that's really the truth of it. I can I can defend myself, I can argue it, I can speak from my heart about what I feel about my work, but the truth is I'm not taken seriously by a certain section and now I've learned to live with it. Salman and Shahrukh were dancing to Bhangra Pale and like Kajal and Rani were dancing to Koi Mil Gaya and Kuch Kuch Hota. Like every movie star that hit the dance floor, there was a song for them. Post my 50th birthday and for the 50th time, I'm in conversation with Anupama Chopra on Film Companion. Please subscribe, share, do whatever you can. Karan, it's always so nice to have you on Film Companion. Yeah, it's great to be here. I figured 50 years is a good time to take stock. Hmm. It is. I think it is. I mean, it happened to me when I turned 40 as well. You know, I took some stock then as well. And now 50, well, of course, older and hopefully wiser. And like everything else you do, Karan, turning 50 also created headlines with <laughs> with a party out of the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Uh, chandeliers and red carpet and bling. And then, of course, all the thing about super spreader events. Yes. Tell me, Karan, was it, was it simply that you wanted to turn 50 with the most flamboyant party that you could? I mean... What was it? So it so happened, Anu, it was not how it was meant to be, actually. Uh, when I, it was a lot of my... Because I think that when I turned 50, it was a very big deal in my own head. Uh, and I had, like, really created, like, a big deal about it in my head for many years. Uh, complete self-importance, nothing beyond that. It's just me feeling great that I am turning 50 and how I feel like everyone must take notice of the fact that I've turned 50 because I'm so uh, uh, traumatized about the fact also part of me is and part of me wants to also celebrate it and because I've been in the industry now 27, 28 years I just felt like I really want to do something special so the idea was like I should do something you know somewhere else make it a destination then nothing was working out schedules were going crazy I was filming in the middle of it all for my own film um, and then it was like Adi had a chat with me and he was like why aren't you doing this at YRF, at Yashraj? He's saying, it all really began for you here. This is like, in many ways, home and it's... Which it's is my, where we're sitting it now. It is where we're sitting right now at yeah. Yashraj Films and it just felt like... And when he gave me that 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 feeling that that, that is where I should do it, I was like, it all fell into place. Yeah. I was like, my 50th has to be at Yashraj Films because my anything I know about this movie industry, about the movies, the passion for movies, everything I've learned from this studio, from Yashankal and from Adi. And, and literally I felt like there was no better place for me to celebrate my 50th. So then of course my production designer Amrita, Apurva, the CEO of my company, Marika, who's like, who, you know, is one of our producers at Dharma. Everyone just became like part of the, the crew that took care of it. Like they just took care. They said the interiors has to be a set. And of course it has to be over the top, dramatic, theatrical, all the above. Everything that I'm all about. Yeah. And unapologetically. So I was so excited, Anu, about my own party, I cannot tell you. Like a child in a candy store. I was like, I'm so excited that I'm having this bash. And I said, it has to be bling because, I mean, chandelier chic has to be the theme. Of there course. has to be chandeliers on the party, on the dance floor, as well as on the ceiling, like everywhere. There has to be chandeliers everywhere. So people were looking like chandeliers. There were chandeliers and I was loving it all. And I had such a good time at my own party. Like I was just having fun meeting people and I'd called all the people I've worked with and, and love and have, have like 
just like feelings of like you've been in touch. Some like I'm not even seen through the last two and a half years, yeah. but you have that relationship with them. It was really like, and I and I said like, Mom, you're not invited. <laughs> That's the first thing I said, Mom, you're not invited. First of all, I'm 50 and I live with Mummy, uh, which in itself is is well not unusual. It's lovely and I love it. I I wouldn't imagine my life without it. But I was like, Mom, you're not invited <laughs> because I was like, you know, maybe I should draw some age. <laughs> at which not to sound not ages, I'm 50 myself, so I can't. But I was like, there to be, I have to draw a line somewhere. So that was the line I drew. Um, so it was great fun. Everyone was there. And of course, there were stories and media articles that said that it became a super spread. Now, look, not to get uh, technical about it, but we don't know who contracted it when because there was a lot happening that sure. week, even in the movie industry. There was yeah. not a party, there were weddings, there were events, there were shoots. Why blame me? Like everything, why does it come down to me? Like I don't mean to sound like a victim, but I do feel marginally victimized. Whatever happens, it's like, I'm, like, I'm like, I have nothing to do with this pandemic. I just want to put it out there. It's not me. Nothing. I have no connection with the beginning and the origin of this pandemic. I just want to put it out there. So why people wrote what they did? How many people contracted it? Did it happen at my party? I'm not saying it. I don't know. So on IMDb, you have 10 credits as a director. Right. Okay, and that includes the three shorts you did for the anthologies, Bombay yeah. Talkies, Ghost Stories, Last, Last Stories. Stories. Plus, Rocky or Rani Ki Prem Kani, which is the film you're directing now. So you're a very prolific producer, but as a director, you've taken a long time to incubate, to create. But that's changing now. You have said that you want to make seven more movies yeah. before you're 60. You have already announced your next, an action yes. film that goes on the floors right after Rocky or Rani releases. Being stressed while you're saying it, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm breathing heavily, like I'm getting but, a little hyper. But Karan, what, what, what is changing? Is it just a keener sense of mortality? I think, uh, yes. I think, uh, I decided when I turned 50 that what is this decade, what is something that I have to kind of make sure, and I said what I have to make sure is I have to make many movies. I have to direct many movies. Good, bad, ugly, whatever they may be, whatever the outcome is, that who knows. But my endeavor will be to direct many more movies this decade so that when I turn 60 and I have another celebration with the same chandeliers and the same sequence on jackets, I will still feel like I've left behind at least five to seven films in that decade, which I can't say right now. If, if I go in my 40s, um, I have directed two movies. Wow. And that's really... That's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah. Uh, not to say that the world is waiting for me or that I, I feel like I'm a filmmaker that people are waiting, you know, with bated breath for what I'm doing. I'm not saying any of that, but I need to do it for myself, right? Because I feel like it's, it's like, I think just that happiness within and that satisfaction that I get when I'm on a film set mm -hmm. and when I see the execution of a certain vision happen in front of my eyes, that feeling I'm not getting from any other thing that I do. And right. I realized that the most on the sets of Rocky or Rani Ki Prem Kahani because I'm, it's like another feeling of elation and, and celebration when, high, when like yeah. I, I'm shooting a song right now and it's the 95th time I've done a song where there are many performing artists and dancers and there's a big set and you know, it's just like what you call the quintessential big Bollywood item song. I love every minute of it. Like every time I take a shot, every time like Ranveer Singh turns in 48 frames to camera, I'm like, lovely, blow that fan. 
<laughs> you know, like blow that fan, like make them all, like make it all look zingy and like zany and like everything, everything that I grew up and loved. Mm. And I'm, I don't feel like that part of the cinema that we create has aged at all. Yeah. We do it much lesser now because there's so much more, um, so much more focus on trying to kind of, you know, be catering to a certain sensibility as well. This film, I'm not saying that I'm not catering to that sensibility, but I'm also having a lot of fun. And that joy is what I want to repeat in this decade. So, speaking of big blowout songs, Karan, there's a very uh, clear through line in terms of aesthetic. Yeah. From Kuch Kuch Hota in 1998 to Jug Jug your latest yeah. production, right? You are a lover of the big, yeah. the big thing, right? Yeah. So, the big stars, the songs, the beautiful locations. I mean, <laughs> I remember you said to me once, and I think you were only half kidding, that even your cameraman has to be good looking. <laughs> no, I don't think that. <laughs> Did I mean it? I don't know. <laughs> it would be nice to wake up in the morning and the first person you meet on set should be like lovely to look at. Aesthetic. Um, I mean, I, aesthetic is the word we'll use because you know, my woke meter keeps going so high when I'm giving any interview now because I'm like, okay, that parlance has to be altered and that terminology Correct. cannot be used anymore. So now I'm not saying, let's not say good looks. Let's just, let's call it a thing of beauty. Indeed. And which is, is it lies in the eyes of the beholder. So Indeed. So what's beautiful to me. Uh, but, um, uh, there's enough beauty around there, no, So here's my question, right? Whenever, of course, the other great connoisseur of beauty in Hindi cinema is Sanjay Leela yes. right? Uh, and whenever I've talked to him about this, he's always sort of traced it back to a childhood of deprivation. He always says that because there weren't colours, there wasn't the lights and that just outsized kind of staggering loveliness, he wants to constantly create it now. Uh, is there a backstory for your kind of passion for all things pretty? You know, Anu, I would love to intellectualize this answer and give you something that would track back to my childhood and maybe subconsciously it can be. Yeah. I just love Hindi cinema. I grew up loving Hindi cinema. When VHS was introduced when I was 9 or 10 years old and I could watch the movies where I had heard all the songs growing up with my mom. She was a big listener of all the Gurudat songs, Mohammad Rafi, Kishore Kumar, Lata Ji, Asha Ji, you know, S.T. Barman, R.D. Barman. Like I used to grew up hearing all these songs. So when VHS came, I wanted to put visuals to those songs I'd heard. Like I at 10 wanted to see Pyasa. Right. I wanted to see Kagas Ke Pool. I wanted to see those movies because I'd heard all. I wanted to see how did they perform Vakt Ne Kia, Kya Hasi Sitam. So I just grew up loving cinema, Hindi cinema at that time. Because mm. it was just the only cinema I was exposed to. And while everyone in my, in I grew up in um, a very affluent neighborhood called Malabar Hill, where no, where it wasn't cool to watch Hindi yeah. films, talk about it, go to the cinema and watch it. But I didn't care because I was like, I love this cinema. I love it. I used to dance in my bedroom to Bollywood songs. I was obsessed with Rishi Kapoor. I wanted his sweaters that he wore in the movies. I was performing to all the dance steps alone in my room in front of my mirror, and I did it unabashedly and unapologetically. All I loved was Hindi cinema. When I used to go and watch a film, Anu, and the censor certificate came out, and if it was a 15 reel film, I would feel sad. My heart would sink. But if it was 23 reels, in the censor certificate, you could read the reels yeah, in those days. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, yay, it's 23 reels, it's longer. There was no such thing as a film I did not love. Mm. There was no such thing as a film I did not enjoy. The longer the film, the better. There were trial shows which we now know as previews. Correct. I used to wait from the morning of that date. What time will I reach that preview theatre, mm. watch that film and just, just sink into my and just get into that world. It didn't matter who was in the movie, who made the movie, how good or bad it may have been in retrospect. I loved it. That's the feeling really that 
that I have always brought to the cinema I have created. I love everything about the tropes of Bollywood that we know them as, the big songs, the movie stars, the glamour, the glitter, the, the energy of those song and dance sequences. Of course, one has tried to evolve that with time and mm. give it some plausibility and sensibility, which is really tough because uh, some of it just comes from a place of abandon. Yeah. There's no logic to yeah. why Ranveer Singh is dancing at an event right now. There's no logic why I'm shooting a song in Vienna where Alia is going to be wearing beautiful jackets and Ranveer is going to be singing behind her and she's going to pretend she didn't see him. You know. So it is no logic to any of this and I don't want to give you the logic. I want to show you my abandon. So I understand where Sanjay comes from when he says this. I'm not quite sure what I can track back to, but I can definitely track it back to my memories of just loving Hindi cinema when I was 8, 9, 10 and then beyond. But you know, that's the other thing about, about coming back to your party because it was so amazing that all these people in these stunning gowns on this red carpet to rival can, yeah. right? But it, Eventually, you're all dancing to Duffley Of course. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it. it is what I, I, I... Do you know what my kids' present to me was? <laughs> They're five and a half and they know how obsessed I am to Duffley Valley. So, Duffley Valley goes back to me and my childhood. Mm. When I watched Sargam in a preview theatre, I became obsessed with that film. And as a child, I don't think my father even realised uh, that he kept asking me to dance to Duffley Valley, but I wasn't doing the Rishi Kapoor step. I was doing the Jaya Prada step. Right. And he was, he was fine with it. Hmm. He was fine that his son was performing to those dance steps every day in his living room. And he would make me do it in front of his friends. And I would do it with great fun. And everyone sang along and danced along. And they celebrated my excitement for that. Yeah. That song is a big part of my childhood. I love and I'm obsessed with that song. When I recently did a reality show, and Jaya Prada came on set and we did Duffley Wali together and I hugged her tight and I said, you have no idea what this moment means to me. You have no idea. It was Jaya Prada in Duffley Wali, then it was Shri Devi and Kate Nahi Karte. And I, the, I performed this Anu on my own. I loved, so when my children uh, wanted to give me a present, I don't know who suggested it to them. They actually rehearsed on the steps of Duffley Wali and they made me sit down and I had tears coming down from my eyes because I had my two children who had made such an effort. They had a dance teacher who had taught them this and they had performed to Duffley Wale. Of course, with steps they had completely forgotten and <laughs> beats that were off, but the love was intact. So, so it's I mean, eventually, even at this song, so let me tell you about, about the DJ element at my party. Hmm. Handled completely, controlled, handled and with his heart, Ranveer Singh was in charge of the music. He was like, the movie star comes on the dance floor and we play their song. You have to be. So he and DJ Ganesh were like at it. They literally, he did a tech check, Anu. He did a tech check. The party was like way down at like 10, 11 at night people were coming. He was there at 4 p.m. at Yashraj doing a tech check for sound. He had gone and rehearsed the Duffley Wale item. He had made them make those, the, those Correct, the shiny Duffleys, the, 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 yeah. the glittery because he mm. wanted it. He had mm. rehearsed it and, and it was a big surprise for me. I had no idea any of this was happening. They created a mix. Right. They played it. And it was a, he was in charge of the music. He was like, this has to be like the Om Shanti Om dance number. And the Naseeb, like movie stars on the dance floor and play their songs. Like, so it was like literally Salman and Shah Rukh were dancing to Bhangra Pale. And like Kajal and Rani were dancing to Koi Mil Gaya and Kuch Kuch Hota. Like every movie star that hit the dance floor, there was a song for them. And he was ready. He was only on the cons DJ console. That's all he did. So he, I have to be very, very immensely grateful for him. Actually, he controlled. So the music came straight from him. And he's like, yeah, 
we are not playing any of this house and lounge and cool and techno and rock huh. and we are playing Bollywood because that's, what, because that's what I am and unapologetically love it. How can I have any other music at my party? But okay, tell me this Karan and tell me honestly, when something like this happens, when you have Ranveer doing your music, when you have every star of any note on that floor, is there a sense of power? Is there a sense of this is a show of strength. I am the sort of uncrowned king of Bollywood. No. Not no, at all. No. I mean, not at all. I mean, like, I, I, can I really be honest? And I yeah. swear on my life, it's a lot of gratitude. Mm. And also things I may have done right. I'm like, I've obviously built these relationships. Of course. And I'm like, I'm really proud that my upbringing made me do that. Mm. Like, it made me understand that I don't need to be friends with you only if I'm working with you. Yeah. Simple concept, which nobody in this industry really follows. Yeah. I'm in touch with all actors, whether I'm in working with them or not. There's a connection. You make a connection, you have to further that with a communication. Mm. And further that with really some emotion. Otherwise, how can you invest with somebody, work so closely with them and go sep your separate ways right after the film is over? But that's the nature of the business. That that's what everyone does. That is the nature does. of the business, but I don't do that anymore. Michael J. for Hope for the Warriors. Started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now, almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential, high-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost. To post 9-11 vets and their families, over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org I don't do that it's not something it's not in my DNA so what I what was happening in front of me was a lot of celebration and for me a lot of gratitude that I've done what my father would have liked me to be I've, I've, I'm, I'm trying to be the person that he would like his son to have been is in touch with the fraternity close enough and of course there are people who don't like me and there are people I don't like. Sure. Uh, I'm human and I'm nowhere, I'm not some saintly person who's loving everybody. There are people I can't stand and there are people who can't stand me and that, that is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But more or less, I've tried my level best to kind of live up to the relationships that, that actually began on a certain emotional note. And then I didn't want to let go. So if I worked with somebody in 1998, they're still in my life today. You know, uh, there are relationships. You, I'm not. I haven't. It's not that Shah Rukh and I work together as yeah. actor and years. director since 12 years. Yeah. Who is the closest to me in this business? He is. His mm -hmm. family is my family. So it's like I don't think it's about the work. Mm -hmm. It's about how you can nurture those relationships, and I believe I've done that. That to me is not power. It's a victory. It's yeah. an emotional victory. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Shah Rukh, um, Karan, you and Adi were really sort of key architects of the sort of Shah Rukh Khan phenomenon. Yeah. And you, more than I think most filmmakers, have had a really sort of front row seat to stardom and the evolution of stardom in Hindi cinema. How much has it changed? What, stardom? Yeah. There's no stardom. Abhi nahi hai. Kaan hai? Really? There is some, uh, there may be, there is a, a popularity. Mm. But is What's the difference? It's a big difference. Tell me. The magnetism, the mystery, mystique, aura. I don't think this generation has it. Mm -hmm. I think they are wonderful artists, but do they have that magic and mystery that I grew up, when I grew up and I, I was at a party and Mr. Bachchan walked in, Mr. Dilip Kumar walked in, Mr. Shah Rukh Khan walked in. It was like heads turning, I've seen it. Yeah. Aura, like everybody like literally is feeling the presence of, that was power, yeah. that was stardom, yeah. that was glory. Today, 
everybody is much easier. It's also the generation that is easier, more casual, more accessible, more available. Mm. On a daily basis, I'm swiping you on my Instagram. I'm like liking, disliking you. I know which gym you go to. I know which Pilates class you go to. I know what you eat. I know who you meet. I know what you do. I know everything about you. How can there be any mystery attached? There is. So when Shah Rukh Khan even walked into my party, you could feel there was a thumping energy with the younger generation. Yeah. It's like you know that Shah Rukh Khan is Shah Rukh Khan because there is that aura. I mean, that, that kingdom that he has and that feeling of that kingliness that he got. Yeah. It's true. It's true. If he walked in right now, you would feel his energy even if you didn't see him. Correct. That doesn't happen with this generation. It's, it's that not, Jaya Bachchan from K3G, You right? can just sense Shah Rukh, <laughs> of course. Just sense like, it, I'm telling you, everyone felt it. So Shah Rukh was the only one who didn't walk the red carpet. He hmm. came from the other side. So, But when he walked in and he was in the party, I could see whether it was a younger movie. It was as young as maybe Ananya Pandey, right up to his peers. Everybody felt the aura. That is stardom. Yeah. What are you telling me about a feeling of, it's all nothing. So is that over? Are we done with I, that? I don't, I don't think there's going to be that kind of stardom anymore. I'm not saying it's a wrong or a right thing. Sure. I'm like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's something that I'm going to miss or the world will miss. Maybe the concept of stardom is just going to be this mm -hmm. because we're in a world of active social media and there is not going to be such a thing mm -hmm. as manic stardom because you know, we are, everyone as I said is so accessible. It's the way it is but I don't think it's going to ever be like it was. Really? Yeah. I don't think we have it like when I meet a movie star, like even when I when I meet Rekha Ji at an event, yeah. I'm like there is something like time just stops around her, and you feel like you know you're you're meeting. Even she'll be wearing her beautiful sari with Correct. her gorgeous children. You'll be like movie star, like you know <laughs> lights, arc lights, yes. like 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 big silver screen magic. Like it'll yeah. all come back, memories, nostalgia. Yeah. Do I feel that when I meet anyone from this generation? No, but I love them. I think some of the finest actors we have mm -hmm. are in this generation today, brilliant artists. But that magic and aura, I don't know. I'm not mm -hmm. sure about that. Karan, your cinema is by design uh, accessible. Yeah. It's crowd pleasing. Uh, it's, you want it to appeal to a wide audience, right? But through this, you've also slipped in subversive ideas. Yeah. You know, you did bring gay characters into the mainstream. You talked about infidelity, you talked about the female orgasm with Kiara and yeah. the vibrator and yeah. those stories. Do you feel, Karan, that if you were more formally inventive, if your craft was uh, more groundbreaking, that people would recognize the other things you've done? Nobody is recognizing it because so much else takes over. This party takes over, right? Mm. You're, you also began asking me about my party. Sure. You didn't ask me about my short film. So that's who I am and that I've learned to live with. Um, the, 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 the trappings around me always take over. The seriousness which I might have or might not have, it's, it's a separate issue. I'm not taken seriously as a filmmaker and that's really the truth of it. I can, I can defend myself, I can argue it, I can speak from my heart about what I feel about my work but the truth is I'm not taken seriously by a certain section and now I've learned to live with it. It's fine. It's what I am. If I, when I, I feel there's a grudging approach to even praising me when I do something different. I'm like, it's like mar mar ke tarif niklegi, mar mar ke. You know, they will be like, they will be like, you know, like, maybe this just happened. It's not really him. Or they'll be like, if this is him, then what, what is he doing in the rest of the work he creates? I don't know if I'm good or bad anymore. It's just like, I want to do what makes me happy. When I told love stories, it was a story that I wanted to tell. It was a script that came through me from a very bright writer. And I was like, 
completely. And when I thought of the idea of playing the track of Kabhi Kushi Kabhi Gam over the orgasm, uh, I was like, it's great. It's yeah. not that I'm feeling like I, I feel like there's a, there uh, there's a subvertive kind of like way of kind of like making fun of your own self, which is self-deprecating and 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 gorgeous. I think. Yeah. Um, rightfully, even when I did Bombay Talkies and talked about repressed sexuality in a marriage, I would I talked about infidelity. You know, in a film. I, I mean, even a film like My Name Is Khan, which I I tried attempt about you know about the social fabric uh, and uh, where we live and how we operate. I don't think I got enough credit for doing any of that. I'm still asked. On red carpets and events about oh you make these beautiful grand lovely films I'm like I've also made other stuff but like I don't think I will ever get acknowledged for that and I've learned to be okay with it I'm not saying that I'm bitter about it anymore there was a phase that I was like yeah I really want critical acceptance because I feel like I'm also beyond what people see. Like I feel there is a part of me as a filmmaker that I'm not getting enough credit for, mm -hmm. and that used to bother me at one point. Honestly, it doesn't bother me anymore. Like I don't seek that validation, and maybe it's like a load off my chest. And you might see it in Rocky Orani. It's like a load off my chest film. It's really going back to the basics, with of course the syntax of today. But it's really celebrating everything I grew up watching, and I don't care anymore. When I made My Name Is Khan, I wanted to win an award. When I when I made Love Stories, I wanted and uh, Bombay Talkies, I wanted to be part of a group of very celebrated, critically acclaimed filmmakers, and I wanted to belong. I had all these feelings. It came from insecurities. I don't have them anymore today, fortunately. But Karan, you've also said yourself that I haven't made that sort of groundbreaking film, yeah. right? That I haven't made the Dil Chata Hai or no. the Lagan. It's just no. not there in my filmography. So, why do you think that is? Have you been too timid as a storyteller? No, I've been a producer, also. I also run a studio and. So you mean when film. you're directing, you're thinking too much like a producer? Yes, I am. I, because it becomes a tentpole film for the company. I haven't yet mm. been able to detach myself from my the studio that I run, mm. like where oh I'll just do this and no one will care. I'm like no, my film is a tentpole film. Then there's an expectation of monies and recoveries and the business that this film needs to do. There is that thinking. Yeah. I have to balance that commerce with the art, and that's what I I, I feel like that's where sometimes perhaps. The ability to creatively breathe doesn't happen because there is also a balancing act. Oh, there has to be music because I'm getting that much for music. Oh, the film has to be wider. It has to work in the diaspora as well. It has to work everywhere. So, how do I plan that experience? Because I'm going to spend this much. I need to recover this much. There's a mathematic that happens along with it. So, it's easy for people to turn around and say, "But you can do what you want to." But I don't want to. I want my film to be the tentpole film for my company and my studio. And but I need but that to you're work. limiting yourself. I don't know. It's limiting. I also enjoy the what I do. So mm. it's not like I'm dying to kind of tell a story which I haven't been able to. Mm. Maybe in life, and now there's also dramatic entertainment that allows me to breathe digitally, and maybe I will, you know, tell a different story. I keep saying that, you know, I want to, I do a show like this, and I haven't been able to get down to doing it. But a lot of my thinking for when I've created content has also my thinking honestly, and I want to say this: it's not something that um, that I'm hiding as well. There is definitely a producer hat that. That also comes in play, and that you use the word limiting, but I I, I use the word catering. I'm mm -hmm. catering to my to my company and what I need to do for it. And never done anything I haven't enjoyed. Like I've enjoyed making Kabi Khushi Kabi Gam as much as I did the short in Bombay Talkies. I've had great fun on both sets. It's because I'm telling a story in the way. But when I do make a big theatrical experience, I ha I do think of various other factors, and I'd be lying if I said I don't. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Um, there's been so much hand wringing in the last 
couple of months about the South and the rise of the South and, yeah. and what's wrong with Hindi cinema, right? Now, a hypothesis I have is that one of the things that is hobbling Hindi cinema is also the sort of industrial strength vanity yeah. that is a part of this business. Vanity is a part of showbiz everywhere, but I think in this ecosystem, with the paid news, with the sort of projection constantly on social media, with the sort of head-turning salaries for stars, uh, it seems to have kind of gone into another yes. level. And that has finally become a big hurdle to get past because everyone's pitching themselves as a brand rather than an artist. Would you agree with this hypothesis? Uh, partially, I think that, you know, that we're victims of of the very things that we should run away from is like this all this whether it's like paid PR, it's media blades, it's projections, perceptions, all of that, I agree with with that 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 is plaguing us yeah. in, in various ways. But also I think we don't have the conviction. There's a we are victims of herd mentality. It's like suddenly I think what happened in Telugu cinema, you know, predominantly if you go by now, uh, Kannada cinema has given us this massive hit with KGF. Mm. Um, Telugu cinema and now with KGF, um, Tamil cinema and, and Malayalam have always been story heavy, content heavy. It's that they've always told stories. They've been, you know, they've also been commercial. They've also been aesthetic. Yeah. A lot of that has has happened. Telugu's been hugely mainstream, a big audience, and now KGF has broken all records yeah. with the first Kannada global film, like you know, which has been made. What I think is common, and I've worked with all so. It's strange, but I've been at the launch of Bahubali 1, Bahubali 2, at the launch of RRR, at the launch of KGF. I've been at all these launch events and 2.0. Uh, the big theatrical, I've been at all the launch. I've in fact hosted every one of these and I'm very proud about that fact. Because I've been in touch with filmmakers from the South, actors from the South for a very long time. I think, I think I'm happy to report that I saw this this creative, mad, crazy blitz and energy much before anybody else in my industry did. And yeah. that I would like to say mm. that that is true. And, mm. I'm, I'm, and I'm happy about that and proud of it as well. I saw it. Not because I'm proud because I had anything to do with that genius that they created. I have nothing to do with Bahubali. But you were there. Uh, but I was there. I was right. part of the party. Yeah. I was part of the party. But I think what I feel in common is they have a lot of conviction mm. and they don't listen to other things. They just follow their conviction. They know what they're doing. They do it. They're not seeking acceptance, validation, approval, wanting to create. They are so confident in their skin. They are so convinced with what they're doing. And I think that's what we all lack. In our cinema, we don't have conviction. Suddenly, if biopics are doing well, then everybody will make a biopic. Suddenly, now everyone's woken up to the syntax of, of, of the southern cinema. And now we want to suddenly start doing that. We're, it's, what, what were we? Yeah. We made certain movies with certain amount of love and conviction that the 70s saw, the 80s saw. I'm talking about in recent memory, the 90s, even when we did love stories with Abandon. We stopped all of that because suddenly 2001, Lagan and Dilchatai came and we were like, we want to also be walking uh, uh, and being nominated at the Academy Award. That was true to those films. Those were great films. You will not perhaps be able to do it again, so why should you try? In fact, that's what I respect about a filmmaker like Sanjay Leela Bansali. I'm like, he sticks to what he loves yeah. and he is never... And when he did deviate, which he had, those didn't work out for him. Yeah. But whenever he stuck to what he's passionate about, he's never gone wrong. And I love that about him, as I do about any filmmaker who stuck their ground. Mm -hmm. But a lot of filmmakers, and I have to say, including myself, we get carried away. We get carried away with where the wind is blowing. And I've done it myself. 
like at one point of time suddenly when i saw these movies doing well and i was like i need to make a which one uh, my name is khan when i made huh, it huh. i was like i want to win an award i want critical acceptance i want four stars on my review like this is what's going to matter it's not about the business it's about the the aesthetic and it's about the critical acceptance i've done that myself suddenly when i when i was in neither here nor there situation after that film i was like let me go back and make student of the year <laughs> like it was like it was crazy like i've done all kinds of things in my head I feel like what they have is conviction and what we lack is exactly that. Mm. And I feel all the rest that you're talking about are peripheral problems. Mm. Our main thing is we don't have conviction. So how will this come? Now it will have to come. It will have to happen. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we're screwed. I mean like look what's happening. I mean like we need to up our storytelling. We need to empower writers. We need to go back to basics. Mm. basic love for cinema conviction of indian cinema we need to stop trying to be somebody else you know we need to stop appealing to who we can't appeal to if you are anurag kashyap you know this is your strength you will do that if you are ss rajamouli you know what you need to do you need to know what you're capable of you don't want to become a buffet when you are a bonafide ala carte you know why <laughs> yes. do you want to do everything why you don't have and you have to go back to good old fashioned conviction that's mm. all i tell any filmmaker actor included i feel actors are like meandering doing whatever wherever the wind is blowing they're trying to go with it oh action is working now we all want to do action films including me who wants to direct one so i'm like we are all so so idiotically unconvinced about our strengths and weaknesses right. that we just tend to be all over the place yeah. and i think that's when i meet uh ss rajamouli when i meet shankar sir and i meet when I, when I, when i i met uh, prashant neel who's directed kgf and i meet the producers they just know what they are doing mm -hmm. and they don't care what anybody else has to say and then i feel when i read the reviews of kgf and i'm like if we made this film we would be lynched but here everybody's like oh it was a celebration a party and and, and it was i loved it i loved it with all my heart but i'm like hum ye banate to so i'm like it's also working both ways i feel we are also not given any kind of leeway and also we are then trying to be somebody else so we are all over the place so we are living a dual existence and we have to stop do you have any regrets karan is there anything you wish you had done differently I wish I'd focused on my personal life a little more. I don't think I have done that. I mean, as a parent, I feel very fulfilled today, and thank God I took that step. And I think I took that step five years too late. I wish I had done that even earlier. But I feel like in all this relationship building, producer building, studio building, I let myself and my personal life take a back seat. um as i did like i like i talked about it professionally as a director but i think the bigger regret i have is that i didn't i didn't give that part of my life um the importance that i think that it deserved at a certain point of time and now i think it might be too late no i mean that's you saying that with empathy but i'm saying that with reality and like i think it's perhaps too late for me to now find a life partner and you know go to the mountains for a quiet holiday with uh, or kind of have someone hold my hand it times of trauma quiet holiday will also make headlines <laughs> you know I mean, that knowing my luck yeah somebody will <laughs> pop out of that mountain and like have an image uh, <laughs> to kind of kind of like you know kind of like haunt me with but uh, i feel like that life partner situation that someone to hold your hand at times of trials and tribulations you know because i think that what i think a life partner does for you like a partner in in love and in like you know you're in a marriage you know what i mean you have kids um and you're a unit like i think a parent 
a child can never fulfill that aspect. Mm. That I think that is reserved for your soulmate, your life partner, your relationship of romance, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't have that. That's a vacant spot in my life and that's my deepest regret. Hopefully temporarily. Well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> never say never. Okay, I'm almost at the end. I Last time we talked, Karan, you said to me that I tell everyone my age that you have to work towards being relevant. And you said that's your biggest fear, is that you won't be relevant. Yeah. So, Karan, are you afraid of a time when people won't talk about you? Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? Traumatized by it. Why? I don't know. I don't like indifference. I'm okay with hate. Um, I'm okay with, of course I'm okay with love. I'm not okay with indifference. I don't... I don't mind that, that that you are absolutely trolling or hating me. But if you're not talking about me, it's going to bother me. I know it's going to bother me. I don't have any other answer to give you. It's going to bother me. Relevance is an indifference. Mm -hmm. uh, so relevance in work. So I have to kind of move with the times and kind of understand the climate and the, you know, like the infrastructure of our times also to kind of build the relevance here, younger more sensible, more plausible stay connected voices, with the stay audience. connected with mm. your audience, stay connected with the stories of your times, the music of your times, the people, the syntax, everything. That's one thing. Personally also, I want to also be talked about for whatever I do. Like if I'm throwing this party and you're not going to ask me this question, I'm like, why did I throw it? Like I of course want to be like talked about. I don't want your indifference. I don't mind about, as I said, I don't mind your extreme reaction to me. That's the one thing that I don't know how I'll deal with. Um, uh, I've spent 28 years being talked about and I would like to spend, I mean, I feel if I can manage that to a really push it to as much as I can, uh, I'd be very grateful. Uh, that's all I can say because I don't want people to not talk about me. That would be heartbreaking. I can see you in a blinky coat at the 90th. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, completely. Pink, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. You know, I first interviewed you in 2001, oh, just before K3G released. Okay. Okay. I came to your office and for that same, I did this piece for India Today magazine. Yeah. And for the same piece, I had interviewed your mom. Uh, and she said to me that, you know, he was such an introvert, such a pallu ke piche child. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the descriptor yeah. she used, that I couldn't believe he was going to direct a film. Yeah. So, Karan, all these years later, is that introvert, is that pallu ke piche person somewhere in there or have you changed completely? No, you know, so no one believes it and I'm going to say this with a straight face and I don't know if you're going to buy it and I don't know if anyone's going to buy it and frankly now what can I do about it? I still am really slightly shy. I'm so sorry for laughing in your face. it's funny, you can. And that's what I said. I'm absolutely expecting this reaction and I get it from anyone I say it to. I said even now, when I walk into a party, I'll go alone because I've learned to do that. Because I'm like, I don't want any people around me for any kind of security. But I'm awkward till I put on that role. So what I can do, because I'm Gemini and you get two for the price of one, one part of me is a shy introvert still. You're never going to believe this, but it is true to me. But that one part is a complete actor. I can put up a show. I will put up a show and you will never know that I'm acting. But part of me might be that I'm awkward. So when I'm meeting anyone for the first time, there will initially be my, my, my will to please you. So I will put up that show. But part of me might be like, actually, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm a little like awkward about it. Mm -hmm. So that 
pallu ke piche child and that shy kid is somewhere still around in the vicinity but there's a lot of performance that has come on top of it now uh, so who am i really happens when i go home and i say good night to my mom and i know my kids are asleep and i go into my room and i get into my shorts and i wear my t-shirt and go to my kambal and i watched and i replied to message having my thoughts sometimes staring in the ceiling sometimes watching content sometimes reading that is who i really am those four hours that i give myself in literally the solitude of my room because i don't have a partner i'm not in a relationship a lot of that solo time is where i become that that kid that i was That, and that and, person and that and i enjoy my own company a lot more now than i used to because it used to make me deeply insecure earlier because i felt like i needed to be everywhere now with age i'm like i'm really happy when i can spend those 4 hours with myself and many a time i've done that and i've enjoyed every bit of the silence in my room because there is so much noise around me otherwise yeah there is there is and that noise Karan is only going to get louder since you are shooting season seven of Coffee yeah. with Karan. Oh dear! You're stirring up the pot again. Well, uh, can I tell you what I'm saying uh, in my campaign? I'm saying screw it. I'm still going to brew it. Tell <laughs> 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 me, Karan. I know you said that you have no sense of power when when all of these people are there yeah, at your birthday, yeah. right? Is there a little bit teeny weeny sense of power? when all of them are on your couch saying things they probably shouldn't be but that's changing anu they are also guarded i'm shooting my second season i have to like yank it out now like i'm like it's you should be no so one's much messing easier. up no everyone's so like will you ask me about this will you don't ask me about this don't say this can you cut that out i'm like i'm like what's going on like what happened to candor what happened to good old fashion like casual repartee and an interview in coffee with karan for that matter when i was watching you know we were making a mash up of all the seasons and i was watching it like i've literally seen myself age on those yeah. seasons you know because yeah. it's like i remember you messaging me when uh, we put out that little bit of like that gimmick saying that coffee with karan is I not returning so it's not I was returning so and i was like i people were so much easier on that couch like it was so is now everyone is so worried because like suddenly they'll know that everything will become a headline it'll be sensationalized i've got cricketers into trouble for crying out loud i have nothing to do with cricket and i managed even that so people can be really scared so i'm finding like everybody like you know there are people like ranbir kapoor has told me i'm not coming on your show he's like yeah, you have to pay the price for it for too long why should i do this to myself he said i love you i'll meet you in your house and talk to you you give me coffee at home i'm not coming to your couch so i'm like i've also had that you know happens and i'm like and i've laughed out loudly because he said he said please mujhe us show pe mat bolao he said mujhe nahi he said bahut tension hoti like ranveer was like when he saw he said karan show me the edit you know cuz you can build public perception on the basis of that Correct. performance on that couch and i'm like why are you taking it so seriously it's just a silly frivolous talk show i mean let's not give it anything else i mean i know others have said it themselves they call it that it is that only let i'm not breaking any boundaries with that show I'm not talking about anything intensely cerebral but having just topic conversation and that's why it's everyone's guilty pleasure because people like to watch frivolous it's, it's it's what you call the quintessential cringe binge you may cringe but you will still binge it <laughs> well i can't wait to see it karan thank you i look forward to showing it to you on the 7th of july <laughs> good plug yeah, nicely yeah. done yes. nicely done karan thank you so much Thanks, and Anu. and uh, you know happy birthday thank you thank you